Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours, well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 211. I'm Schmitty. I'm Colin. I'm Zoner. And I'm amazed all four of us are here. Woo! Yay! Welcome back, Zoot. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I know. I, I've been gone for a while. I think we all enjoyed the Zook Unplugged episode. That oh, was yeah. weird. Can I just tell you? No, seriously, that was just weird. I'm sitting there, and I realize how much now you guys actually fill for me when I'm clicking from one link to the other. Because <laughs> I got done talking about one subject, and I went to the next thing, and I realized, oh, crap, dead air. Say something. <laughs> dance for the people. Anything. <laughs> You actually did such a great job that we're all just going to leave right now, so see you later. <laughs> Screw you guys. Drop the mic. <laughs> I don't, I'm not kidding. I don't know how Dr. Squishy does it week after week. Yeah, I, he's awesome. Mad props to him over on the movie picture awesome. show, because I can't do it. And I don't think any of you guys can do it either. Nope. Uh, nope. Heck just nope. going to throw that out there. <laughs> hey, before we get any further, let's give uh, mad props to our other friends, TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, OpenBookAudio.com, Stitcher.com, and our good friends at 4814 Web Hosting. You mean TrekRadio.net, not .nut. <laughs> no? No? Dot .net. <laughs> I'm fairly certain I said .net. I'm pretty sure you said nut. It's all fun and games but yes, until we, someone we loses and Thank that. you for hosting us. <laughs> I'm going to have to go fix that in post. Anyway, we got some feedback from last week's episode, as you might expect. Uh, first off, our own Dr. Squishy wrote and said, uh, by the way, they're not rebooting Spider-Man. Uh, it just happens to be in high school. So that's something. Yeah, I was right. actually going to say I I thought that I had read somewhere that that was not uh, that this was not going to be a origin story of Spider Man that he was an already existing character and now I have a question about that and this is an honest question on uh, it doesn't matter really just Spider Man or not this kind of counts against all things I get what you're saying it's not an origin story. But considering the last series left off with Spider-Man being out of high school and being in college, wouldn't him just going back to high school be still be considered a reboot? Yeah, it seems like this is, is going to be in a different universe, a, a different story arc. So, technically speaking, I, I think it could be considered a reboot. Uh, a, a reboot doesn't necessarily have to mean an origin story. Um, that, that's typically what we associate with the reboot because all of the reboots we've had that that revolve around superheroes have been origin stories. So this this is a different kind of reboot. Yeah, I mean, I would I would consider anything that is kind of hey, it's like the previous one, only it's different now to mean reboot. Which is weird to say because I usually don't like to say that Squishy is wrong because he's usually not. So I don't know if he is, and that's why I'm asking this. This yeah. is a genuine question because by our definition, then that means that when Batman went went from Michael Keaton to Val Kilmer, it was a reboot. Yeah. Or when he went from Val Kilmer to George Clooney, they it was were a reboot. They were continuing the story arc, though, right? They weren't going back in. Yeah, they didn't. Sense. They didn't repeat anything. So, right, because yeah. then Christian Bale was the reboot. Yes, correct. I don't know, Zoner. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm just happy to see Spider-Man where he belongs. And, In high school, and <laughs> I, I really hope. And I. You know, it's interesting. I, I was talking about this earlier with the Star Wars stuff that we'll talk about in a few minutes. But Disney has done such an amazing job with all of the Marvel properties that they've done, that they've handled and turned into movies and TV shows and whatever the case may be. They've done such a good job that I I don't worry about it. Whatever they do, I have confidence that it's going to be handled properly and that it's going to be entertaining for the viewers. Yeah. 
I you know I think you're right. I've often said that I'm not at all excited for Spider-Man, and I'm, honestly, I'm still not. But this is one I'll probably go see, which is more than you can say for the last three Spider-Mans. I really that think they're they're going to do something more along the lines of like Man of Steel, where they're going to have some form of a flashback, being like, "Oh, he got a spider bite," you know, just just little things like that. That's true. That's true. Because Man of Steel wasn't necessarily an or it was an origin story, but not done in the typical origin way. Exactly. And I kind of like that. Uh, moving on, Ruff sent us some uh, some feedback as well. Uh, says uh, Zook, if you ever get deserted again, yeah, thanks guys. Drop me a line. I should be able to fill in slash join at a pretty short notice. Ruff, I thought about that. Um, however, you're on the East Coast. So I thought that'd be a little unfair considering I was doing it at like 11 o'clock my time. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, on to actual feedback. I have a real problem with people modifying their car code. Remember I had that talk about, uh, the DMCA saying that you can't modify your car code. Yes. I can't imagine people driving around with hacked code and expecting that their hack hasn't introduced some unforeseen bug. The danger to others of this activity is too high. What is the difference between driving while drunk and driving with a drunk car computer? Media center. I use it too. I am currently building an HTPC that won't be anywhere near any thermostat and will be as low-powered and cool and quiet as I can get it. My commute is only 20 minutes long now, moved to Boston, so it takes me two train rides to listen to the whole show, so more later. Okay, finish the rest of the show. Excellent job on, on the Wayback Machine. It was classic hearing the introduction, introduction of Sausage. Um, I just checked my email history. I subscribed to Stolen Droids May 12, 2009, and I am still waiting for the fifth part of the write-up on the Enterprise Warp Engine placement, not to mention the quiz about the intro music from episode 195. Cheers, Ruff. That's awesome, Ruff. I think that's the longest bit of feedback we've gotten from anyone who wasn't criticizing us about something. <laughs> that, Which was also from Ruff. So. <laughs> that, that is okay. awesome. Okay, awesome. I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. Our theme music is the instrumental version of Chocolate, Swe- uh, Chocolate Salty Balls by Chef from South Park. Back in its heyday, there was an actual CD that came out, music from South Park. Chef, who was played by Isaac Hayes, sang a song about his chocolate sweat, salty balls. I keep, I'm so close to saying sweaty every time for no good reason. Hey, those sweaty balls are tasty, though. Chocolate does sweat, technically, so it wouldn't yes. be wrong. Excuse me, it glistens. <laughs> He's single, ladies. And gainfully employed. Yeah. If you anyway, want free cosmetics. He's, he's reading he's he's singing a recipe for a baked good he has. And technically he's he's singing about cake pops before there were cake pops. Chef was really ahead of his time. So that is the song we're playing. If you really want to uh, check it out, just just Google chocolate salty balls into YouTube. <laughs> um and you'll get the entire actual song. Don't do it at work. I, Make sure you put the, Turn the safe content search on yes. first. Don't, don't do an image search. Yeah, no. Though, honestly, you'll probably just get Chef. Um, actual feedback with the car code. You know, I understand what Ruff is saying. Modifying a car's coding can be very dangerous. However, car ECUs aren't quite like normal computers. Uh, typically, if you introduce a bug into the system, it's not going to lock up on you or the brakes aren't going to go out. The car simply won't <coughs> run. You know what I'm saying? It's it's very different than uh, down the line you'll be receiving an email and your cursor will sc- will freeze up and your volume will go to 100. It's just simply it won't run for very long or it'll throw an error code. And I don't think anyone is arguing that people should be allowed to modify their car code so they are no longer safe or road legal. I think they're simply – it's the chip community and the, the ECU chip community has been around for a long time. You can get mods for your car that shut down cylinders at certain speeds there by letting you save some power or save some gas or ones that give you more power at the expense of fuel efficiency or emission control. Uh, there's a lot of different mods out there. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm not saying everyone should do it. It's like modding your phone. 
Not everyone should do it because people are going to brick their phones a lot. And even experienced people brick their phones a lot. What they're saying is it should be your right to make that decision. Yeah. And the, the, again, the sorry, biggest, go ahead. The biggest confusion behind the car computers, I think, was the, the fact that now we also have navigation computers and things like that in our in our cars, which are completely separate systems from the actual car computer that has existed from the 80s, since the 80s. So that, that's where a lot of the confusion comes from. And I think that's what that, who was it, a senator that, that said he was worried John about? John Deere. Oh, John Deere said he was worried about people downloading music through the car's computer. So that's, yeah. Through the car's series of tubes. <laughs> uh, by the way, a car does have a series of tubes. It actually does. It has a lot of them. <laughs> Um, and they're not, and they're not like a truck. Though a truck has a series of tubes as well. Okay. Uh, other feedback. Zoner told me I'm absolutely wrong. Um, Schmitty told me I'm absolutely wrong. Colin, I don't think you've actually even listened to the episode. I did too. I was the first one to say stuff about it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Evidently, I, I listened Zoner- to it right as you posted it, and while it was playing through, I was sending messages on our Hangouts chat. Thank you very At much. At 3 a.m., yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do appreciate we know. that. Hey, anytime, guys. It's not just my fault because, I have sleep apnea. Yeah, I was just going to say, just because you're a freaking vampire and never have to sleep. He's single, That's ladies. <laughs> he sparkles in the sun. No, he glistens, remember? Yeah. He said he glistens. Come on. He's glistening he's, here. He's the sweatiest vampire of them all. He doesn't sparkle in the sun. He glistens. No, my chocolate balls glisten. Wait, I need I need to go back and rephrase that. Anywho, he's talking about his cake so, pops. Uh, yeah. I, uh, There's no. the show title. Okay, um, it turns out Zoner does have an IT degree. Yes, I went to school for like I was on the ten year plan, I think. So I do actually have a degree in of all things computer security. So and I manage beta tests for a living. <laughs> I know. He's worthless. I learned nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and Schmidty pointed out to me that there is actually a flash drive now that has a USB C connector. However, to hedge their bets, it also has a USB a standard USB Type 2 connector, or Type B connector. So, Very useful. So, I'm sorry, I was wrong. There is an entire one flash drive you can use on the Apple MacBook, <laughs> and Zoner does have a degree. I worked hard two. for that. Don't take that away from me, man. There, there are two flash drives with USB-C. Type. Yeah. So this is why I need you guys on the show. Don't do that to me again. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, and to our first headline. Um, so oh, we just, couldn't not just real quick, Zook. I think you said no. that I was voluntarily dismembered. No, there was nothing voluntary about it. Just saying. Were you like drawn and quartered? No, <laughs> oh, it hurt. I had pain. He paid for it. <laughs> I still have pain. I still have pain. So much pain. Condolences. Yeah, I, I had pain after that. I had to travel to L.A. for business. Um, I didn't know this before I left, but L.A. has a really poor parking environment. What? They no. have a poor oh, everything yeah. environment if you own a car, which is amazing because like everybody owns a car. I know, well, you'd think that. Uh, parking in L.A. is like trying to find a place to sleep in prison. You can find a spot, but they're going to make you pay. That that did not go as dark as I expected. <laughs> what does that say about us? Like twenty five bucks to park at my own hotel. I'm already paying them for the room. I, I was down there years ago, and I went to dinner with my wife at the House of Blues on Sunset, and I spent more for parking than I did for dinner for two at the House of yeah. Blues. Well, and what really sucked is I was supposed to meet up with our friends Kristen Nedipak and Stephanie Thorpe, um, but unfortunately I wasn't able to catch them because they were 
we, we actually kind of passed each other in the air because they were flying to Vegas for the IAW TV awards where, where Kristen Nedipak won. So congrats, congrats to her. Kristen. Um, yeah, so that kind of sucked. Anyway, our first headline, Star Wars. Trailer 2 has dropped for Star Wars, just today, actually, because we're actually recording this on time for once. And um, Broke the internet. Oh, let's be, let's be honest. How many times have you guys watched it? I can't count. At least 20. I, I, I quote-unquote, had to show each of my kids separately, and my wife, who doesn't understand it, and my mom, and a few coworkers, and then watched it twice by myself. I may have pulled it up during a staff meeting. Did you say, oh my gosh, guys, you have to see this? <laughs> it was pretty much, uh, all of a sudden I I was like watching my notifications at the, at the right of my screen, and I saw one of you guys put in there, Star Wars trailer dropped, and I was just like, and opening now, <laughs> even though I was like projecting something on the screen. I was just you the like, one driving the Sorry, guys. <laughs> I was. So I was like, we're going in. I, I was watching Look, my last day's tomorrow anyway. So I, I had already seen it about 10 times before Zoner posted it. So I, <laughs> Colin's like, it's my last day tomorrow anyway. Here you go. Pretty much. <laughs> so, okay. So you get to see more of the uh, black glistening stormtrooper. Uh, you get to see a... Hey, hey. <laughs> I told you he chocolate sweat. He got upgraded to chrome, yo. Um, you get to see uh, a burnt-out Darth Vader helmet that looks very skull-like. <laughs> that looks very awesome, too. And did anybody else catch the faint breathing? I did. I did. And Schmitty caught that he says, my father has it. So... I'm thinking True. Force Ghost. Is Hayden Christensen going to be in this? Oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, no. And Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. I'd just Daddy. like to point out that now, thanks to Disney, um, the courtship of Princess Leia doesn't exist, but Jar Jar and Hayden Christensen do. You know. There's something very unjust about that. I really, really want the first scene to be just this old, shriveled-up Gungan that happens to be Jar Jar Binks, and all of a sudden, a stormtrooper decides to actually hit him. For the first time in history, a stormtrooper hitting something. I just want them to like reference something that happened years ago, the genocide of the Gungans. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, there's, a, there's a Star Destroyer crashed into Tatooine. There are... A couple Jedi. Doesn't look like many. There's very old Han Solo and not very old looking Chewbacca, which is surprising. I would have thought that they would have grayed him up a little bit. Um, there's voiceover from Mark Hamill as Luke. There are a couple Sith scenes. There are a whole bunch of Empire scenes where it looks like TIE fighters are firing on stormtroopers, and there are stormtroopers who look like they were designed by Acura. <laughs> No, I defy you to look at that scene where all the stormtroopers are looking at the camera. It looks like an accurate car commercial, I, just the lines. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I yeah. Or that's, Volkswagen Golfs. That's probably like the their heads the, are the chrome troopers flying. Yeah. Anyway, it definitely seems like there's a lot happening here. That I, I'd say that between the four of us, we have a pretty good handle on all things Star Wars. And none of us really know what's happening here. Because you have to remember, Disney did away with the entire extended universe. So for all we know, Han and Leia never hooked up. The Jedi twins don't exist. Luke's new academy doesn't exist. For all we know, the Empire didn't actually fall. Right. Which would make sense, actually, because in a very real sense, just because you kill off the leader of a movement doesn't necessarily mean that the movement ends as well. Remember that the Nazis didn't give up because Hitler killed himself. The Nazi Hitler killed himself because the Nazis were about to give up and were failing everywhere. And I always thought it was kind of weird that just because the Emperor died around Endor, everyone across the entire galaxy was celebrating. Yeah. Two leaders of the entire empire die. It, that, that's only two leaders of how many others they have out there. That they're not going to just 
close-up shop. No. Um, and one of the things that that gets me is, does anyone else think that that new Dark Lord looks exactly like Darth Revan almost? Revan, yeah. Yes. yes. Totally. That but Darth Revan doesn't exist part. anymore. But he could be reborn again. But he never did exist. Correct. So he could now be moving into a, this new universe. Yeah. Well, you remember that they—they never said that they're—they're they're disregarding all extended universe. They're just—they just said it's not canon. Yeah, they just said it's not canon. So yeah. they could be pulling parts of it. They might—it it might be Darth Revan. It might be a, a Darth Revan-like character with similar backstory. Who knows? We, we, I mean, it, it, up to this point, it's still all 100% speculation because they, they, as much as we saw in that trailer, we still don't know anything. There are only two things we know. That it happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. No. Well, actually, that it happened long, long ago, but about 30 years sooner than normal. And we also know that Han and Chewie are home. Yes, we do know that. Of course. And that is the most important takeaway from this whole trailer, is we get to see Han Can and Chewie. I just Chewy. say I got a little misty when he said that? I yeah. think everyone did. I think any true Star Wars fan got chills running up and down their body as they watched that. I know I did. Oh, yeah. I want, I want to know why Han is wearing the same outfits. <laughs> Is this like an animated show where like he wears the exact same thing all the time? Smuggler's uniform. Come on now. Yeah, it actually don't really looks change updated. styles. Look, thirty years ago, I'm I wear the same clothes that I did thirty years ago. You know, my wife actually shirt. says that I do too. Which I just get bigger sizes to accommodate the fat. Jeans, t-shirts, and diapers. I <laughs> Say I'm not. We've that already young. seen your Batman onesie p- pajamas, Honor. <laughs> I know they're awesome. The- He's not wearing the iconic vest, though. No, he's yeah. not wearing a vest. He's wearing like a like a leather jacket, which yeah. I mean, well, he's colder now. You know, <laughs> he uses Chewy as a shawl. They're home really at Hoth. That's yeah. <laughs> Moving into other entertainment news, um, Daredevil. Less I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm going to start it soon, but it's all any Marvel fan can talk about. I think even non-Marvel fans are talking about it. I got my hair cut earlier tonight, and the girl who cuts my hair is not a comic fan by any stretch, and she was raving about it. You know, up until this time, Arrow has been one of the best um, TV Serial. Sh- shows ever. It's I-, I think you mean Serial? Serial? Yeah, because it's a series. Oh, yeah. Not like breakfast food. You know what? Oh, I was just going to say, I like Captain Crunch. (laughs) 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 Aero cereal. Aero cereal. Arrow has been the most well done superhero show to date. Now, Daredevil has taken over that. I mean, it it is simply amazing. It... It has that kind of quality that you would expect in a movie. Yeah, and 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 like Squishy pointed out, it's it's still not your your top level movie quality, but it's definitely above TV show quality. Definitely, it's um, it's like I I'm watching a movie. I mean, it, it's it, in a in a regular TV series. It's it, would you included. say it's would you say it's BBC miniseries quality? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, and it's it's like so like in a regular TV series, you're what you know you're watching one episode because they have a little mini arc in the episode. They do have a, a, a an over an over arc, but you know an arc that lasts the whole episode, the whole series. But um, each each little episode has its own little mini arc. Whereas in Daredevil, it's the it's the whole arc. I mean, you could argue that each little episode has its own little story, but. It's all part of the huge movie. I mean, it's it's really easy to binge watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a new um, new way to watch it without your eyes, which seems apropos for a blind superhero. Um, Netflix is coming out with 
closed captioning of a sort for a blind audience because many people have brought up the irony, the cruel irony of having a blind superhero that blind audiences can't enjoy. So there's actually a voiceover option now where they voice over everything and describe everything that's happening on screen. And on one hand, I applaud this because that really helps um, people who can't see enjoy this. And on the other hand, I have to imagine that is incredibly difficult, if not impossible, to do. Yeah. Um, and it start, the voice starts immediately. Like the very first thing that you see, letters pop out from a white background, then turn red. Netflix. <laughs> okay. That's happening the entire time. Murdoch walks towards the man. The man is uncomfortable. He starts to sweat. Murdoch notices this. He it zooms in on his nose. He is smelling things. It's like it's that guy behind you in the movie theater who won't shut up. Only you paid for this option. I think it's an awesome oh. idea though. I mean, you you did mention I, the irony of blind people not being able to watch. Yeah. Which it's not the first TV series that they've done this to. I've seen many TV yeah. series that they do this on. I think it's um, brilliant. But yeah, it's, it's cool. Well, it's it's funny because I, I had a, a deaf friend back in the day. Like I have a, a deaf brother-in-law now, but with his hearing aids, he can he can hear things decently. And I had a friend who was just flat out completely deaf, even with hearing aids, couldn't hear anything. And we were watching a closed caption show, and it shows in there sound of rain clattering against a wall. And he tells me, "How the crap am I supposed to know what that sounds like?" Because he had no clue. He had no idea how that sounds. Excellent point. So in some of these ways, like, oh, a white background with red letters. I, I don't know what those words mean. <laughs> yeah, that, that is an saying. excellent point. I mean, someone who hasn't been blind their whole life would obviously have some point of reference. But if you were born blind or if you lost your sight well, yeah. at such an early age that you have you don't have that point of reference. What does it matter if they tell you what color something is? Yeah. Um, <laughs> to be honest, though, if you were born being able to see and you went blind as a child, I would hope that you have superhero level hearing and reflexes at this point. And that the show <laughs> is actually about you. Um, <laughs> and that's what they say in the, at the beginning. Uh, by the way, if you are Daredevil... You don't need to watch this. <laughs> this is a documentary, really. Um, yes, Wonder Woman has a new director. Yeah, that was interesting. They lost the director for Wonder Woman, which is the DC movie that everybody says is going to be made, but nobody actually believes it uh, because they haven't been able to at this point. But yeah, Michelle McLaren, uh, who had worked on Breaking Bad, Walking Dead, and Game of Thrones, among other things, left over creative differences. And they replaced her really quickly with uh, Patty Jenkins, who um, she did monster. She did monster. Yes. So yeah, I mean that that won an Academy Award for Charlize Theron. <laughs> so she's got some credentials. Other than that, Squishy. I'm not very familiar with her. Doctor Squishy brings us up too in in uh, the Moving Picture Show, and and he mentions that one of the uh, one of her. Uh, ideas was that Wonder Woman would have a a tiger sidekick that she talked to. You know, something that's like way out in left field. So whether whether or not that is true or not is Can I just tell you I'm so terrified <laughs> about this? Wonder Woman is actually one of my favorite superheroes. Which I know sounds weird for anyone who knows me. I love Batman, Green Lantern, and Wonder Woman and not necessarily in that order. Wonder Woman's actually closer to the top. But there's so much you could do wrong with her that I'd really rather they don't even try and ruin it for me. I'd really rather just keep to the animated specials and the comic books and the stories. They've done wrong by Wonder Woman for the last 30, 40 years, though, Zook. I mean, DC has always, for lack of a better term, abused the character. Well, except for in the animated specials. I mean, there was that um, that one animated movie that they did where she was absolutely amazing. I, it was it was so well done. They could make that into a feature film, and I'd be perfectly that, happy. Carrie Russell and Nathan Fillion. 
the actual Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. Yeah, that one was excellent. And in a lot of the Justice League features, she's also been excellent. Yeah, I mean, it, as far as the animated stuff goes, they, they really do her do her well. Uh, it's, I've heard that the New 52 stuff, I haven't read any of the Wonder Woman New 52 stuff, but um, I'm not a huge fan of the character. But, I mean, it's I've heard that it was really good, but I, I, I hope that DC is finally... You know, I, I want them to do this right. I really want yeah. them to do this right. Indeed. Um, and Ant-Man also came out with a trailer. We'll bring that up later. Just saying. Boop, boop. It was a small trailer. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> we'll bring up the reason why that makes sense later, too. Okay, um, let's get something out of the way a little earlier. This is actually meant for uh, later on in the show, but I'm going to bring it up now because I get the feeling we're going to talk about it a bunch. Um, I missed it in the last episode. I didn't think it was really newsworthy, and it by itself isn't, but it was the reaction which has become newsworthy. See, last week, by the time I had recorded last week, Hillary Clinton had announced her intention to run for the presidency in 2016, right? Kind of really surprising no one. That's not the point of this headline. The point is, is that she did it by just releasing a video on YouTube, which, again, I don't think is that big a deal. What surprised me in between then and now, and the reason we're bringing this up now, is because, and I don't know if you guys have been catching wind of this, but how many news outlets have said, it's really interesting why she decided to do it in this really low-key kind of way. Yeah, it's very out of the norm. Most people actually hold a press conference to announce their candidacy. Well, it's amazing to me because in the time since she launched that, do you know how many people have seen that video? Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even have it up in front of me, but it's a YouTube video, one, right? And we know how those go. And furthermore, it's her announcing her presidency. So who here can tell me the average capacity for a press conference or a benefit dinner or something for a candidate announcing their candidacy? A couple hundred. A <laughs> couple hundred, Okay. And maybe if they release it out to a couple news outlets, we can increase that uh, initial reach to a few thousand, right? Yeah. Why is it surprising to people, then, that she went and just hit right where she knows everyone in today's world is watching? I think this... And why aren't we... And why aren't we having more politicians do this? I think this kind of goes back to our conversation we had a few weeks ago with Christy Porter, the TV news producer. Old media doesn't understand new media. And so they do what they can to try and discredit new media. YouTube is definitely new media. And so you have these dinosaur news networks out there seeing the new kid on the block YouTube with this major announcement. They're pissed that it's not going through them. They're having to take the the feed off the internet, and I, it's it's secondhand news at that point. And you know, a, a lot of the advertising agencies. I mean, I've 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 worked in that um, in that field of work for a little while now, uh, in an IT standpoint, and they really advertising companies still don't understand that that's where things are going that youtube is becoming big everything is on the internet you need to migrate that to the internet everyone's still all caught up in doing you know these small tv commercials or these radio spots and really that's not where the media is right now but yeah. it, but it worked in the 60s it worked in the 60s. Exactly. And you've got all these CEOs that are, you know, becoming ancient and they still believe that that is where their class is because that's where they grew up. They're not taking mm-hmm. into account the new age. Right. Which is sad. And and I'm not Okay, we need to really stress this here on this show. And if if you're a longtime listener, I'm sure you already get this. But if you're not, if you're one of our new listeners, first off, welcome. Second off, we will never, ever tell you 
what candidate to back. Okay, I will. Zoner and I occasionally, <laughs> yeah, Zoner will. We'll occasionally get into it a little bit, but we're really neutral that way. We really want people to make up their own mind and think. Okay, so everything we're about to say is not necessarily a ringing endorsement for her, but. Do you know what is involved with a lot of those, I, I guess you could call it traditional dinners or press conferences when people announce something politi- politically? There's usually the invitations, there's the transportation, there's the media, there's usually a dinner of some sort. It's a high-end event. Well, and let's not forget that she's had Secret Service protection since 1996. I mean... The woman oh, doesn't true. even drive herself anywhere, and she hasn't. I mean, you get with Secret Service, you have an advanced team. My next door neighbor is um, security for a very, very high ranking person here in the state of Utah, known very, very well across the world. But, I mean, whenever he takes this individual to a place, he has to go like a week in advance and scout out locations and things like that. Imagine somebody the status of hillary clinton a former first lady former secretary of state and the entourage that she commands i mean that is a lot of work that's a logistical nightmare it is when in truth the banquet isn't what's important the dinner isn't what's important the press conference isn't what important is important it's simply the message that's important yeah it doesn't even really matter what the message was Okay, she could have been announcing a new bill. She could have been doing whatever. The point is that she made an announcement and she chose new media to do it. And I think that's pretty smart. And I think that should be indicative of what we see a lot of elected officials start to do in the future. Because as it is, a lot of people still rely on old media, which inevitably spin it one way or the other to speak for them. Right? I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I happen to I happen to listen to myself on the last episode where I said, can we please start voting for elected officials who actually know something about technology? And then as soon as I heard that, I then got to listen to uh, a, a news radio station going, why did she do it that way? It's so dumb. No one's even going to see it. Because nothing ever goes viral. No, yeah, exactly. Never. Yeah, I I think it was internet thing. I think that it was an interesting choice. I I don't think it was a bad choice on her part. I think pretty much everything that I've seen in the news media that she's done since then has been a bad choice. Um, she's coming across very manufactured, very phony, which surprises me because she's had seven years to plan for this. But I I think that I think that putting it up on YouTube was probably the only really smart thing she's done in the last last few weeks by the way Zoner does not mince words <laughs> no, and, and i really do not like hillary clinton i'll tell you that right now i really do not like her i know you don't anyway but i did try and stay i mean i did say something nice there i i tried to stay on point you did you did i'm very proud of you you can have a cookie later oh sweet i've got, um, I've got some here some pepperidge farm chessmen Let's let's unleash our hatred on Samsung, shall we? <laughs> well, actually, we don't need to because it seems Samsung is doing that for us. See, the Samsung Galaxy Edge, the S6 Edge, um, it's actually selling. It's selling well. Yeah, and um, it's selling so well that it's doing better than Samsung expected. I I believe it, <laughs> and mainly because it, everyone who, that I know who owns the Note Edge loves that feature, loves that Edge feature. Um, what do they love about it, though? The uh, the notifications that you can that that can show up on it, and it's it's a completely separate screen from the rest of the screen. So. You have your notifications on it. You have app shortcuts on it. You can completely disable touch on it um, really quickly with a with a quick uh, gesture um, if it's getting in the way of, of I don't know an app you're using or something. Um, and it just the things that it adds to the functionality of the phone 
way outweighs well that just totally sounded really funny right there it outweighs the gimmickness of it it's more than just a gimmick it's actually useful um so but are people buying it for the usefulness or the gimmick so yeah, do we know I, I don't know I, I think a lot of people at first bought the note edge for the gimmick because they thought oh that's cool uh that but then they realized that it really is cool and useful and so I, I think it's starting to catch on because it's actually useful, as opposed to like you know the the 3D screens that, a while ago that really were gimmicky. And once people bought it and found out, oh yeah, it is just gimmicky. That died like, out really uh, quickly. You you mean like the Fire Phone with its uh, all those yeah. cameras that tracked your face and the, gave the you the a parallax view? Yeah. <laughs> or the iOS? What was it? iOS seven that had the parallax view when you moved the the phone around. Did the iOS 7 have that? Yeah. When you moved it back and forth, it would track your face as well, and it would yeah. change the desktop. So the most useless battery-sucking feature ever. <laughs> We've seen a lot of gimmicky things like that come out in phones, and Samsung probably is is the, the worst at it. Uh, however, this is not one of those gimmicky features. It, it, it seems gimmicky at first, then it turns out to be one of the most useful features of the phone. So... Uh, I won't lie; those curved edges actually look really good. Yeah. It, 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 if anything, even if they weren't part of the screen, it at least breaks up the normal clunky block of a phone that you're used to seeing. <laughs> and at least in that way, I find it aesthetically pleasing. I agree. Yeah, I I think Schmidty's right. I think that this was something that was gimmicky, and I think Samsung may have thought that it was gimmicky when they put it out. However, I think people are realizing, and I think word of mouth is going to start spreading, and I think you're going to start seeing this going a lot more. Uh, in fact, there's people saying that the S6 Edge should have been the flagship instead of the yeah. S6. The, the, Edge, mm-hmm. the Edge version should be the flagship. Cause, well, price-wise, that would certainly be the case. Yeah, I mean, it's. I I, I think we're going to start seeing this pick up a lot of steam in terms of sales. Well, let's keep in mind, too, when it comes to gimmicks, and I'm saying this more for my benefit than any of you guys, because I'm really quick to come down hard on gimmicks. I think usually that they're just really dumb, and I think I need to do a better job of remembering that there are a lot of things that start off as a gimmick that turn out to be genuinely good. Google. Remember when the iPad was first announced? We thought oh, it I never, was just a big gimmick, and I never thought I was going to be a gimmick. Well, no, I know you defense, didn't, but yeah. but the majority of the internet thought, oh, who would ever use that? And now it's it's commonplace. Nobody doesn't have now it's Gmail. an enterprise tool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. G- Gmail gave gave a gig of storage when it first launched. What kind of gimmick is that? Who's ever is going to have a gig of storage? You remember that? Yeah. Yep. It was a joke. I'm pretty sure became, my inbox has at least six, ten gig, or six, ten gigs. <laughs> wow. Uh, like, at least eight gigs. At least elevensies. Yeah, elevensies. <laughs> do, do, you, do you get elevensies? That actually breaks a computer, trying to store elevensies on it. Um, hey, Colin, I, there's I, yeah, this thing called zero mine right inbox. Mine's using what? 96 gigs. I'm using 96 gig in my Gmail right now. <laughs> so what you so don't yeah. torrent, you just download things over Gmail. <laughs> <laughs> so don't doesn't everybody? <laughs> now, I remember when when uh, before Google Drive, uh, there was a plugin, uh, or or yeah, it was a it was a Firefox plugin I think that allowed you to store files in Gmail. As it, it would store them as attachments in in drafts, but then you could pull them out like they were just in a regular file system, and uh, and then like a year or two later, Google Drive was announced, and but I still have like fifteen gig of files in there, so that's probably yeah. Well, I, just saying, I think I need to do a better job about identifying what's a fad versus a gimmick. Because there was a time when having a touch screen on a phone was considered a gimmick. And now none of us can imagine not having that. That was a rumor spread um, by BlackBerry. True. <laughs> true. <laughs> Misinformation and propaganda. Um, jumping around a bit here, and there's a reason why. Uh, Microsoft recently teamed up with Cyanogen 
It seems like a very odd thing to do, but it's kind of interesting because Cyanogen has said that in their next release of their Android operating system, they're going to start incorporating Microsoft products. This actually makes me really excited because, as I've said before, Microsoft products are actually often just as good as Google's. They're just horribly marketed. And a lot of people use Google products just because that's what came on the phone. So to have an OS that actually has that by default, definitely a plus. Yeah. Well, and we've talked about it before, um, Microsoft's plan of having an Android ROM that looks and acts like like Windows 10. Um, This is either the same thing or or a completely different thing but along the same lines that just proves that that Microsoft Microsoft is allowing their apps to be built on other operating systems i, I mean google uh, office 365 is supposed to be a multi-platform application so this is just proving that <laughs> mhm yeah um also in, let's see, mobile news here, or actually, sorry, in uh, Microsoft news, and I thought I put this headline in the show notes, but it turns out I didn't. Microsoft re-upped their agreement with Yahoo to continue providing search results for Yahoo, but changed the terms to say that they only have to monetize 51% of it instead of 100%. So take that for what you will. Yes, by the way, Yahoo uses Bing. <laughs> so does Apple. In fact, uh, more people use Bing search than they use Google. They just don't realize it all the time. Yeah. So, just saying. Uh, Moving on to Google, uh, the EU really doesn't like Google. But we know this. (laughs) They don't like Microsoft either, so. (laughs) They don't like anyone. The EU, in terms of technology, are just that old guy and his lawn. The EU has been, and I keep saying that, the European Union has been working on trying to bring some kind of case against Google for years. And I mean that literally six years. They have been trying to figure out what to nail Google with. And they keep trying. Let's try an antitrust thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll sue them, the map makers, because they're putting our map makers out of business. No, that's not going to work. We're going to sue them for Street View because I was peeing uh, out in public and that embarrassed me. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> We're going to sue them for privacy invasion because we put all this stupid stuff on the Internet and now we want to take it back off. No, that doesn't work. So they're finally going after them uh, for shopping. <laughs> yeah, their complaint now is about shopping. And I can't even really tell you the specifics of it, because it honestly doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I don't think anyone understands the specifics. <laughs> um, yeah. I. If you're going to Europe, don't take your Android phone, I guess. I don't know. They just really hate Google over there. They really hate all American technology. It sounds it sounds like we didn't do our due diligence and research that, but truly, it just makes no sense. Uh, but in on the flip side, Google really likes kids. Yeah, they, yes, they do. They came out with <laughs> you, the YouTube Kid Channel, mm-hmm. and, which was awesome. Which my kids still love. They still watch it every day, almost. <laughs> so. and, and now they've got a Google Play program that places an emphasis on family-focused apps and games. So kid friendly stuff going to be able to going to be able to find it easier. Now, to help explain what is kid friendly, they actually have some ground rules. One, it must be rated by the ESRB everyone or everyone 10 plus. Uh two, it needs to be desi- if uh, it has to be if it displays ads, excuse me. Uh they have to confirm that they comply with applicable legal obligations and that any ads given to children audiences do not involve interest-based advertising or remarketing, uh, <laughs> which is basically the same kind of advertisement you see any, the same advertisement rules you see Saturday morning. Just saying, yeah. um, ads present to children, uh, are consistent with the app's content ratings. So <laughs> if it's an app that is meant for three year olds, they're not getting, you know, uh, a, a busty supermodel trying to get them to play a war game. Yeah, but, and that's that, why I eventually had to buy Angry Birds, the you know the non ad 
Angry Birds, uh, because it was giving us ads that were not suitable for my kids. <laughs> and my kids would accidentally click on them, and then all of a sudden, boom, they're on a website that that they sh- shouldn't that I shouldn't even be looking at. So I mean, it's um, this is good. This is good that they're having this. Yeah, I can good. just imagine your kids swiping right on Tinder when they just want to play Angry Birds. <laughs> How do I get back to this? What is this? Um, they must accurately disclose the app's interactive elements on the content rating questionnaire, uh, including if users can interact or exchange information, if they can share user-provided personal information with third parties, and if they can share the user's physical location with other users. Um, and finally, apps that target children audiences may not use Google Plus sign-in or Google Play game services as a login experience for their app, which, thank you. Yes. Thank you. I, my boys both have um, tablets, and they both play Clash of Clans, um, which is great, except neither of them have Google profiles, and neither of them have Facebook profiles, which we do on purpose, which means that if anything were to happen to their tablets and they need to reinstall the app, they've lost everything. Oh. Well, see, that's why I just got a Google, Google Profiles for all my kids. <laughs> yeah, see, and, and I don't want that for mine. It's just a difference yeah. in parenting. But but this is that number four right there is freaking yeah. awesome. That is good. That's really good. So, yeah. yay, thank you, Google. Um, let's go against Apple, shall we? Uh, And this will probably have to be our last headline because we're running a bit long, and this is kind of a big one. We talked about this a while ago. The United School Board or School District of Los Angeles bought iPads for all their students. The idea was to buy a iPad for every student previously loaded up with a whole bunch of stuff that they would use throughout the year, their curriculum. And the iPads came with curriculum from a specific provider called Pearson. And here we are a few years later, and they still don't have working curriculum. Many of the iPads are just plagued with security problems, uh, never been used properly. Uh, In some areas, there isn't even a curriculum for the school, or the curriculum's only half done. (laughs) And it's been years. So uh, the Unified School District is taking Apple and the publisher to court. And are publicly stating exactly why. They paid $1.3 billion for this. And it has already cost the district superintendent his job and could go very, very bad for all of this. If people have already lost their jobs, I'm thinking it's already gone very, very bad. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I get the feeling that this was... If you think about it, it was like the great white hope for education because textbooks are expensive and they get outdated very quickly. And whereas brand new textbooks may be okay for one year, you keep them for five years, they're not okay anymore. Let's get a touch-based computer that can go with the student and as needed, it'll simply be updated with new curriculum and the curriculum can be made faster because it's not going to a publisher and being shipped out, right? This works in the ebook market all the time. Why couldn't this work for us? And on paper, that is a really good idea. Yeah, theoretically, it's, it's an awesome idea. It should work, right? It should work. So how is it this, this publisher has managed to not put out anything in these years that actual textbooks are coming out with new material faster than they are? Yeah. Uh, it's, it is ridiculous. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, you would think that they'd be able to churn out the digital content a lot faster than the actual physical content. It, it's... It almost makes me think that there's got to be some sort of impropriety going on there. Somebody took the L.A. school district for a ride for all those billions of dollars and, you know, they had a fun weekend in Vegas type of deal. 
<laughs> I, you'd think that, or maybe they simply overpromised. Maybe I don't know uh, the world's textbook publishers. You know, I know that there's a few different ones of them, and some are more reputable than others. Maybe this is a younger startup, and they thought, "Hey, yeah, we could do this totally, no problem." Not realizing how big a job it is, and simply haven't been able to deliver on that promise. Just completely inept. Wow, completely inept. Yeah. I mean, it, but that I, I agree with you. It's it's one of the two. Either they're completely inept, and or there was some kind of impropriety, and the money just went missing. Wow. <laughs> the, the the two ideas aren't mutually exclusive. No, no, I don't think so. Um, all I know is that I think I think on this show we came out in favor of this idea, and then almost immediately afterwards came out against it. And uh, we're all for the Chromebook idea instead. And it seems we're not the only ones because, like, all my kids in school, they all have Chromebooks now. They love them. <laughs> yeah, my kids don't go to the fancy schools like yours do, apparently. <laughs> we just love our kids a little bit more. It's nothing but public school for us. <laughs> all right. Um, we have a few more headlines. We're going to keep them in the show notes so you can uh, check them out as you're at your will, at your leisure. Uh, however, we're going to move on to our favorites this week. My favorite, uh, as previously mentioned, is the Ant-Man trailer. Uh, you get a real good feel for how this movie's going to turn out. There's a lot of humor in it. But my favorite scene has to be uh, in what I'm assuming is a climactic battle on Thomas the Train Engine. And you see them being thrown around on a train, and one guy's on the tracks, and it's all very dramatic. But I get the f feeling that a lot of the humor of this movie is going to happen from the quick zoom in and zoom, zoom out from ant view to what normal humans see. Because what is supposedly this really climatic battle on top of a moving train, and this huge Thomas the Tank Engine bearing down on one of the main characters, it immediately zooms out and you just see the, the toy train just kind of fall over. It, there's going to be a lot of humor in this movie, and I never thought I'd ever say this, but I can't wait to see the Ant-Man movie. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because this, this trailer actually got me excited for this movie, and I think I've talked about how much I hate Ant-Man on this show yeah. before. Uh, when has anyone ever been excited for anything Ant-Man? I know. I know. So. Um, my, my favorite, um, I, I lost the link, so, but, uh, and, and it's old, so, so forgive me if you've already seen this. Uh, it's, a, it's probably two or three years old. It's a Haynes Beans ad um, that uh, uh, it features astronauts on the moon and, uh, in an unfortunate incident with a moon monster um, and an astronaut that took too many beans. And uh, he's discovered by the moon monster because he f ends up flatulating. So uh, it, ma it made me laugh and cough up a lung today. So <laughs> uh, check it out. And uh, again, I apologize if you've already seen it, but I liked it. So it's my See favorite. it again. For the first time. <laughs> well, because I'm absolutely lazy this week and have been overworking myself way too much because I'm transitioning jobs, I give you chocolate sweaty balls. Or salty. Salty. Salty, salty balls. Salty balls. <laughs> Do not give our audience chocolate sweaty balls. We are a family-friendly recording. Salty. I, I think we've gotten more PG thirteen as of late. Oh my gosh! <sighs> Sorry, guys. I think me joining the show has made us PG thirteen. But I think me staying on the show is what does it actually. Yeah. Um, and then we. I I don't want to beat this horse to death, but yes, you do. Yes, I do. Uh, my favorite this week is that Star Wars trailer that dropped today, and I got to tell you. Seeing Han and Chewie at the end, that just puts a smile on my face like nothing else from the Star Wars universe for, I don't know, the last 25 years, 30 years. I don't know. But that's just, that is just awesome. I am so excited that that there it looks 
on the surface like they are doing this movie right. Indeed. I let's be honest, I think it's everyone's favorite to a degree. No doubt. So All right. Um Schmitty, make sure your mic's on. It's on. <laughs> Yay! That is our episode this week. Please let us know what you're thinking. Feedback at StolenDroids.com or give us a call at 801-917-GEEK. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. Until next time, cheers. End of line. May the force be with you. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.